Let's turn about this morning to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. And in just a few moments, I'm also going to read from Romans chapter number 8. If you would like to follow along in Romans chapter 8, you can go ahead and find your place there. Uh, But our text this morning is going to be found in uh, Matthew chapter number 6. And we look forward to what uh, the Bible has for us uh, this morning. Matthew chapter number 6, and um, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 9, and uh, I will read the text, make a few comments, have a word of prayer, and then I'll take some time in the introduction this morning, and I have a little bit longer outline than I normally do, but we'll be out right on time, but just may, even if it takes me 20 minutes to get to my outline, I don't want you to be afraid of how long we'll be here. I was asked this morning... I was over in the, the breakfast uh, uh, for the fellowship in the tent, and I normally don't make it over. They don't make it over there every Sunday, and a few people made a comment. I'm not used to seeing you over here, Pastor. Do you have a, I forget who asked me, do you have a donut or do you have a bagel? And I said, well, I felt like I just needed a little something this morning, I had a bagel. And I didn't want to have a donut because I've had two cups of coffee, and if I had a donut on top of that, it'd be 3.30 before we got out of here. And so uh, so I didn't have the donut. I had a cups of coffee, so it would only be 1.30 since we get, until we get out of here. But uh, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord tells his disciples, this is the pattern for prayer. But I want us to notice uh, in this prayer, and often we find a pattern for how we should pray, and certainly it applies, but I want us to notice something in verse number 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. What makes prayer powerful is who we're praying to. What makes prayer matter is because we have a Father who is in heaven. This morning, I want to preach on, 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 on that line, that phrase, our Father, which art in heaven. Father, I pray that you would uh, be with the, the remainder of the service, be with the message this morning. Uh, Father, already our hearts have been touched and stirred by the sweet fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ, but also by the, uh, the promises that we've sung about in the old hymns, the uh, blessing that the music has been. But Father, we come to your word, the preaching of your word. May our uh, attention be focused on what you have for us. May the Spirit of God uh, be real and evident this morning. And Father, I pray if there's one unsaved, I pray once again that they would trust Christ as their Savior. Strengthen your church this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, We see in this prayer, we see obviously the key is being who we're praying to, our Father, which art in heaven. If we were to back up to the beginning of verse number 6, Jesus says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. In verse 4, That thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. In verse number 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father 
which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask of him. It is said by many, and it's certainly true, says, well, we're all God's children. He is a father to all. It, that is true because he is the creator of all. Uh, every uh, person is created by God. No man has ever evolved. Um, he, every man has been created by God. Every, every race, every nationality, uh, God is the father in the sense that he is the creator of all men. That's why all men are created equal, because we all have the same creator or the same father. But certainly, we take that a step further in, in our text this morning and also as Christians. He's also the father of those who are adopted into his family. There are many today who reference God the Father as father, and he is as their creator, but he is not as far as being their heavenly Father. And this morning, let me just say before we get into the message, the most important thing that you need to know is that God in heaven is your Father. It would be, there are many, and we see that we are adopted into the family of God. I'll go ahead and uh, read in verse, uh, Romans chapter number 8, beginning in verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit of God is necessary in our salvation, and it's the Spirit of God who does the work in our salvation. And when we, He leads us to that belief in Christ, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. As a as, as a Christian this morning, if you're saved, you've been adopted into the family of God. Isn't it wonderful that, you know, this, this after church, you know, and, and, and you're going to, those of you that have children uh, here with you, you're going to gather your children and then you're going to go take them home. Um, you know, it's always a good idea to count the number of heads in your car. Make sure you have the right number of heads. But equally important is to make sure you don't have more heads in there than you came with so that somebody doesn't go home with you that's not supposed to go home with you. But friend, aren't you thankful that when we say our Father, which art in heaven, He is our heavenly Father? Not because it's anything that we deserve, but we are adopted into His family so that we can say in verse 15 of Romans 8, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness that with our spirit that we are the children of God. One of the methods of conviction that the Spirit of God brings upon someone who is lost in their sin is the fact that because of their sin, they are going to be eternally separated from God. And it is through Christ that we are adopted into the family of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. The Bible tells us that because we are adopted into the family of God, through our salvation, God is our Father. We are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, meaning that we, everything that God has, we as his children have a right to as an heir. 
So when we think of our Heavenly Father, and certainly when we go to Him in prayer, we need to be reminded, yes, everybody has been created by God. He is the Father of all because He is the Creator of all. But it's through Christ we are adopted into the family of God. And when we pray, we can say, Our Father which art in heaven. I'm thankful for my earthly father, but let me tell you, as a 48-year-old as a man who provides for my needs is not my earthly father, it's my heavenly father. I'm thankful that I can say, Our Father which art in heaven, and God who has all things uh, certainly has that which we need. And friend, this morning, you need to know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. And if you are saved, you are part of the redeemed, you put your faith and trust in Christ, you can say "Our to my Father, which is in heaven. It's a wonderful thing to know that God is our heavenly Father. Well, if we'd be reminded of this, this would, this would change our way of living. It would change our prayer life. It would change the quickness that we go to our heavenly Father. All He has, everything that He has, is available to you and I. We just have to go to Him for it. Isn't it wonderful that in our times of insecurity, we can go to Him? Isn't it wonderful in our times of need, we can go to Him? Friend, this morning, you may say, well, I don't have anybody I can turn to. If you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, you have a Father in heaven... Uh, who you have access to, you are joint heirs with Christ. And friend, that's why I want to remind all of us, we are somebody because of who our daddy is. We, we have value because of our heavenly father. We have a value because of who he is, and we are part of the family of God. Maybe you look back on the way you grew up. Maybe you look back on your home and say, uh, my home was not an ideal home. But friend, once you put your faith and trust in Christ, you become part of his family. Uh, there is no father like the heavenly father. As we are reminded of who our father is and our father in heaven, I want to take this model prayer and I want us to see what it reveals to us about our relationship with our Father. Now, certainly we see some things that when it comes to prayer, we can apply. But I want to remind you this morning that prayer matters because of who our relationship is with. There are a lot of people who would pray to a, a, a false god like Buddha. Those prayers do them no good. There's a lot of people who pray to uh, uh, Mary and think that they have access to uh, God because of Mary. Those prayers do them no good. There are many around this world that may pray to <coughs> ancestors. They may pray to whatever, uh, but prayer matters because of our relationship. I have not, he's not only the father of mine because he created me, he is my heavenly father because I belong in his family. And so at this prayer, it reveals to us why prayer has power because of our relationship. There are six things I want to point out, and I want you to follow along with me. Uh, number one, uh, in our relationship with our Father, which art in heaven, there should be reverence. Look at verse number nine. After this manner, where therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed is just another word for holy. God's name is holy. Our Father's name is holy. 
there should be some reverence with our Father's name. Quite frankly, that's why Christians should never take God's name in vain. It is a holy name. Hallowed be thy name. Another way of saying this is as we pray and we acknowledge our relationship with our Heavenly Father, with God the Father, it is a celebration of His name. It is a celebration of who he is. It's a celebration of the fact that I've got a father in heaven who I have access to through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, There's pride from this child knowing that who my father is and I can speak to my father and quite frankly, I want to celebrate his name. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if those who knew the Lord through the Lord Jesus Christ, they belong in the family of God, were as proud of their heavenly father as they are of anybody else in this world, Proud of their heavenly father as those who have false gods and serve the false teachings are proud of their false god. What we ought to say, hallowed be thy name. It's a holy name. And we ought to celebrate his holy name. There should be a reverence. You and I need to be reminded that we go to our heavenly father. Exactly who he is. He's the God of creation. He's the God who created all things. He's the God who put the stars in place and knows them by name. He's the same God who, who, who takes notice when a sparrow falls. He's the same God that knows every need that every individual has. He's the same God that's been before time. He's the, he, is the, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a holy God. He is the God that all things are compared to. We need to be reminded of who our Father is. There should be reverence when it comes to our Heavenly Father. Number two, there should be obedience. Look at verse number 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, everybody does what God expects them to do. That's what this verse is saying. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Oh, there's a lot of Christians pray, oh, Lord, bring in your kingdom. And, Lord, I want you to take things. But part of that right there is that there's an acknowledgement there ought to be obedience. God has a will. And you and I ought to be living to fulfill that will. How do we do it? We do it in obeying. Well, growing up, did you have to obey your father? I did. Of course, I was the model child. There was no punchline there, so you didn't have to laugh at that. Those of you who are rearing your children now, you expect obedience. I hope you expect obedience. And as a parent, sometimes you just say, look, just, just do what I tell you to do. Just obey. We don't have to have a conversation about it. We don't have to have an explanation about anything. I, I, okay, go ahead and tell me all the excuses. Okay, I still want you to do what I instructed you to do. Just obey. Babe, why can't, why can't your kids just obey their father? Why, why can't people just do? Why can't they, the kids just do what they're told to do? We have a heavenly father. In, in our relationship with our Father, which art, which art in heaven, there should be obedience. Quite frankly, if I'm going to hold God's name in reverence as I should, 
If I'm going to say, hallowed be thy name, and I'm going to acknowledge he's a holy God, I'm going to acknowledge he's the God above all things, and I'm going to acknowledge he's the one true living God, if I'm going to acknowledge I have nothing without him, I am nothing without him, then the only way I can show him true reverence is to obey him. If I'm going to hold him in the proper perspective, where he should be held, and every day I ought to be praying, Thy will be done in earth. What is it that I should do to obey him today? What is it that I can do to fulfill the commands that he has given? What is it that I can do in my life that I can live to fulfill the commands that he has given? That should be what we are trying to do. How much effort, Christian, have you put into obeying God? Is it something you think about in the morning? Boy, I gotta, I gotta please him. How do I please him? I obey him. Oh, I sing unto him, and that certainly honors him. But you know what? God wants more than anything else. He wants obedience. Even Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." That's what we ought to be doing in our relationship with him. I ought to be striving to obey him. Christian, obey your heavenly Father. Obey him. You know, the relationship's a lot better when you have to go to him if, if there's obedience. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You can think of this from a child's standpoint and then also from a father's standpoint. It's like when the kid wants something. Hey, Dad, can I have this? You hadn't, been, you hadn't done anything I've told you to do. And you come asking for a privilege? Well, yeah, you're my dad. And you go do everything I told you to do, and then we'll talk about it. Or it's like, you know, you start figuring out when you have daughters, you know how manipulative they are. They have a good teacher, if you know what I mean. You know, they, you know, and it's like, wow, they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, they're doing this. I've learned through the years. Okay, just wait for it. They're coming to ask for something. Uh, we know what God expects obedience. Our Heavenly Father expects obedience of His children. We ought to be striving to obey. There should be obedience. If I'm going to hold God's name in the proper perspective of reverence, then obedience must follow. Look at what the scripture says. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. I cannot control what anybody else does in earth, but I can control what I do in earth. I can obey. I can please my father by obeying what he has said. Notice number three. We consider our relationship with our Heavenly Father, there is dependence. Verse number 11, give us this day our daily bread. Obviously, the reference here, the Bible here is speaking of our our daily provision. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who are you depending on for your daily provision? There was a day when we, in our nation, we depended on God. Now we depend on the government. If you hadn't been paying attention, that's not working out very well. Who do you depend on? And before you say, I never depend on the government, bless God, you're depending on your company or you're depending on your Heavenly Father. Are you depending on your own strength or you're depending on your Heavenly Father? Well, our dependence ought to be on Him. Every day we ought to say, Lord, give, us, give me what I need today. And quite frankly, it wouldn't do us, if God's given you more than what you need today, He's blessed us beyond what He's promised us He would do. He promises He'd give us what we need every day. 
And sometimes we got to live that way, don't we? I don't know what I'm going to have tomorrow, but as long as I got what I need today, you know what? God will provide for us tomorrow too. There is a dependence. Christian, depend on God. Depend, and that's not talking about sitting around, well, I'm not going to work. I'll just let him bring me. No, we do everything that was within our power, but I'm depending on God to give me strength. I'm depending on God to give me the right opportunities. I'm depending on God to open the right doors for me. And and it's hard to say I'm depending on him when we're not holding his name in the reverence that it should be held in, and we're not obeying him. Why do I go make my own way? No, obey God and depend on him for your daily bread. Depend on him for your daily provision. That's why I don't think you ought to let a company transfer you somewhere where there's no church, there's no Bible preaching. You depend on God. Well, the only job I can get means I'm never be in church again. Get a different job. Well, I don't know if I can make it. Do you depend on God or not? We depend on him. Trust him for your daily bread. Don't depend on yourself. Depend on God. You know, aren't you thankful you have a God you can go to, a Heavenly Father you can go to and say, I need from you today. Let me, let, me, let me help you. If you're not here today, file this away. The time will come, God will put you in a situation where you have to depend on Him. We dread that, don't we? I want to be in the ministry, but I don't want to live by faith. I wanted to, I wanted to please God, but just as long as I don't have to live by faith. I want to be a good Christian. I just don't want to have to do it by faith. I want to please the Lord. I just don't want to have to do it by faith. That's another way of saying we must, we don't want to have dependence on God. And sometimes God puts us in a situation where we must depend on him and truthfully every day if you've got a dollar 50 in your bank account you better depend on god today but if you got a million dollars in the bank you better depend on god today every day you better approach it my heavenly father hallowed be thy name i'm going to obey you i'm going to trust you i'm going to depend on you to take care of my every need because jobs can go economies can crash health can vanish You and I need to depend on our Heavenly Father for everything that we have. As we continue to look at this prayer, it reminds us of something else concerning our Father which art in heaven. And number four, we need His forgiveness. We look at verse number 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are sinners. Certainly for salvation, we needed his forgiveness. That's why, friend, you can be as good as you want to be. You can hope you do as more good than you do bad and put it on some imaginary scale and the good is going to outweigh. I don't think there's ever been a person who lived who could put enough good to outweigh the bad they've done. But that's what I'm going to try and do. Let me tell you, there's only one person that we need forgiveness from. It's him. Well, I, I, as a, I, I remember I, I've gone to, down to the, uh, the, this church and I've, I've confessed my sins to a priest. Don't do you any good. It's a waste of time. Waste of energy. 
Why? Because we must have his forgiveness. We need his forgiveness. Well, we need his forgiveness for salvation, but we ought to be seeking his forgiveness when we wrong him. Certainly there's a connotation there in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He expects us to forgive others as he has forgiven us. There's a pattern of forgiveness that we should follow. And quite frankly, there's a lot of Christians, and one of the, probably one of the bigger problems amongst Christians, generally speaking, in this world is we don't forgive like God has forgiven. If God forgave like the average Christian forgives, we wouldn't know forgiveness because there's usually strings attached. Well, they didn't ask me to forgive them. You won't find that in the Bible. God instructs and teaches that the moment an offense is, we forgive it. Well, they've never sought forgiveness. That doesn't mean you have unforgiveness in your heart. And quite frankly, we go to invitation this morning. There's probably a lot of Christians in the building that ought to come to an altar and ask God to forgive them for their unforgiveness towards other people. How quick are we when the Spirit of God convicts us of wrong in our own life and we, we, we begin to think of the chastisement perhaps of God or, the, or, or God being displeased and upset with us or we need something for Him and we say, God, would you please forgive this offense in my life? While we are harboring unforgiveness in our own heart. Well, I think this passage is saying several things, but... I need his forgiveness, so therefore I better be giving forgiveness. That's not just true of me, that's true of all of us. We need his forgiveness. We look at number five this morning. Look, we, need, we also, number five, we need his guidance. I'm thankful that I have a heavenly father who is holy, has a name that should be celebrated. Because of that, there's obedience that should be evident in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. As we've already said, there's dependence. I'm depending on Him. And that's why as this world changes and there's a lot of uncertainty in our nation today, uh, from, from our own security to, 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 to the economy to uh, you know, what, everything that's taken place with inflation, friend, that's why you need to depend on God every single day. Because I just happen to believe that gas prices could be $10 a gallon and God's people can still be cared for if we're depending on Him. But I need forgiveness to be evident in my life. But I'm thankful that I have a Heavenly Father that I can go to for guidance. And that's not just speaking. When I use guidance in this instance, I'm not talking about, hey, I've got a decision to make. Do I take A or do I take B? It's even bigger than that. Look at verse number 13. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Now, as we break those two things down, at least not into temptation, let me be very clear. God does not dangle sin in front of His people. God does not dangle bad choices in front of His people. That's not what the Scripture is speaking of. 
But what I believe it is speaking of is when there are temptations or when we go through a difficult time, deliver us from those temptations. God is not going to try and trip us up. That's not what God does. And by the way, if you have been faced with things in your life and it seems like there's poor choices, decisions, don't blame God for your bad decisions. Well, if God hadn't put me in this situation, no, God did not put you in a situation to do anything but obey Him and trust Him and depend on Him. But we need His guidance when we are dealing with temptations. We can say, Our, my heavenly, to my heavenly Father, keep temptations away from me. Now, let me, let me say this. If, you, if, you have a, if you're having a hard time with a particular sin, you're having a hard time with getting some things out of your life, stay away from it. If you're having a hard time, for example, if you're having a hard time Getting rid of alcohol in your life, don't go sit at the bar and order nachos. And say, Lord, keep the temptation away from me. That's not what the Bible's speaking of. But if there, it's, Lord, keep, keep, I'm doing everything that I can do to obey. Keep the temptations away. Keep the adversary. Keep the devil away. Keep these thoughts out of my mind. And we... And we depend on him to have mercy for us when it comes to temptations. Notice the Bible says, and, but deliver us from evil. My friend, what's something you and I need to be reminded of? There is evil in this world. Our adversary, the devil. As God the Father, our Father embodies holiness. It has a name that should be hallowed. The devil, our adversary, embodies evil. Does not have a name that should be hallowed. But our adversary is real. There is evil in this world. I need to go to God for guidance. I need to go to God for deliverance. Deliver me from evil. You know, I have a God that's more powerful than the evil of this world. Our adversary, the devil, is real. And and friend, you make a grave mistake when you think you can handle him. I can't handle him. That's why the Bible tells us to put on the armor of God. But if I'm doing things the way I should do, I don't have to handle him because God handles him. We depend on Him for guidance. We depend on Him for protection. I believe a prayer that every Christian ought to pray every day is protect me, protect my family from the evil of this world. Quite frankly, we complain many times because our adversary uh, does bother us. He does attack us. He does hinder us. He does make a mess of things, and sometimes we complain, God, why didn't you keep us from that? Or you see the evil going on in our nation, our world right now. God, why didn't you keep us from that? Friend, let me remind you, there's evil that we, he's kept us from that we don't know of. There are consequences of things that he has protected us from. 
As I consider our Father which art in heaven, we need his guidance and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that brings us to number six. When it comes to our Father which art in heaven, there must be an acknowledgement. Notice the latter part of verse 13. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Notice that word thine. It all belongs to You see that word kingdom? For thine is the kingdom. Boy, it is all things that he has created. He is above it all. It all belongs to him. Sometimes we think this world revolves around us, don't don't we? It doesn't revolve around us. It revolves around him. It's his kingdom. Well, you think of thine is the kingdom and, and the power. Can I remind you this morning that our Father which art in heaven, he's the Almighty. There's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that he cannot overcome. There is nothing that he cannot orchestrate. My Heavenly Father is the Almighty. My Heavenly Father is above all things. It is his power and the glory. You know what God keeps us from? You know why it's so, it, 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 we, ought to be, we, ought to, we ought to follow this pattern, certainly. And please don't miss this. Our Father, which art in heaven, in this prayer, reminds us of our relationship with our heavenly Father, who He is. We've been adopted into His family. We should speak to him with as much ease and regularity as our Heavenly Father. It's Father's Day today, and there are many here. Your father has already gone on to glory. Your, your, your father has lived his time and is no longer living today. And maybe you would say, I wish I could talk to him one more time. But friend, can I remind you of something that ought to be a blessing to you today? There will never be a time. There'll never be a day when you can say, I wish I could speak to my heavenly father because he's always able to be accessed. You can always talk to him. You can always say, hey, dad, I just need to talk to you for a little bit. Or, oh, I just want to celebrate the name of my heavenly father. And I just want to praise how good he is and the things that he does for me. And today I'm going to depend on him. I'm going to obey him. I want to please him. It is for, look at verse 13, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We do this not for our own benefit, although there is benefit to us. We do this not for our own accomplishment, but for his glory. Do you know why we ought to hold his name in reverence? For his glory. It's his glory. You know why you ought to obey God? Let me tell you this morning, and from the smallest child who happens to be in the building all the way up, when you obey God, he will bless you. When you obey that book, he will bless you. When you obey his commandments, he will bless you. And the blessings of God are a very real thing. And we ought to obey him, and a byproduct is a blessing. But friend, we should obey God because it brings glory to his name. 
We ought to obey God because he's worthy to be obeyed. Oh, I get so weary of Christians. You almost have to talk them in to doing what the Bible says. And you have to try and twist their arm a little bit to, to just obey God. No, friend, we ought to get up every day and say, how can I honor God and give him glory by obeying this book? Well, it's not popular in the world. I'm not living to be popular in the world. I want to please my heavenly Father. I want to obey him and what he has said. Well, we must depend on him. It takes faith to depend on him, but it's for his glory. I would confess to you this morning that there are people that I've, by the grace of God and by the help of God, I have forgiven. But I confess to you not because I wanted to. To be quite honest, and if you think less of your pastor... Maybe you should try being a little honest once in a while because this is not something that's exclusive to me. But with the grace and help of God, I didn't want to. But you, why would you do that then? Just, just to get the burden off of you? Oh, yeah, it gets the burden off of you. But for His glory. Because quite frankly, there's some people you can't forgive except by His help. And by his grace and for his glory, oh, we must ask his help in our weakness. We must look to him for guidance and deliverance from evil for his glory. You know, I think it'd be okay if we bragged on our Heavenly Father. You know, when I was growing up, I know I grew up in a different day than, than some of the young people here. But it was real, life was so much simpler when I was growing up. You know, I was, I got to experience the 80s and the 90s, the pinnacle of humanity. Now, I remember growing up and now we go on these, we go on these road trips and the kids are like, oh, we got we to gotta go on a road trip. I hope we get good Wi-Fi. In the car, I remember counting pine trees as they're going by at 60 miles an hour. Life was simple. When you got up as a, as a boy, you got up, and especially in the summertime, you're gone, you're out. And if you had a stick, you could be a hundred different things in that day. And that stick would be from, a, from an M16 to a to a sword, to what? I mean, if you had, nowadays, I have to go play outside? I say all that to say life is just simpler. And there was, life, you just operated. It was the neighborhood kids, the playground, everything. There were just two things that you could count on. You didn't say your mama. Unless you were looking for a fight. Because if somebody said, your mama, okay, here we go. What if they were bigger? Remember the stick? <laughs> it was that, and my daddy can beat up your daddy. Well, my daddy can beat up your daddy. Oh, no, my daddy can beat up your daddy. Oh, yeah, well, your mama. <laughs> Life was so much simpler. 
We didn't have bullying on the internet or anything. We dealt with real life bullying with sticks and your mama and my daddy can beat up your daddy. Life was so much simpler back then. We may not use it in the terms of my daddy can beat up your daddy. But our heavenly father. Hallowed. Holy. There's a reverence. As we go to invitation this morning, how many of you are saved on your way to heaven? You're a child of God. Let me remind you, God the Father, who we offended as sinners with our sin. Yes, there are sins that you can commit against a person, but every sin is against God. Loved us enough to send his son to pay our sin debt. And then through the sacrifice of his son, adopts us into his family. If you raised your hand just a moment ago, God loved you enough to forgive you and adopt you. And God our Father, this one belongs to me. He's mine. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my heir. They have access to everything I have. The devil, the old accuser, he comes and says, let me tell you all the faults. Let me tell you everything that they've done. He said, no, that's my, that's my son. Oh, the day's coming when, 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 when you and I, uh, when that time comes, we'll never have to give an account of our sin because it's under the blood of Christ. We'll never know a devil's hell. Everything that God has, we will have as part of our inheritance. Because we were adopted. It's one thing to be born into a family. We don't get to decide who our natural parents are. We're, we were just born and God chooses all of that. But there are situations and maybe you're sitting here today and you were adopted or you have adopted. That is somebody choosing you. You know, when we were expecting our first child, we, my wife got to the point where she was ready to deliver. We went to the hospital, and after the baby was born, we decided to leave. They sent that baby home with us. That's yours. Every child, it's amazing, the same thing. They sent them home with us. Now, I don't want to minimize my love for my children because I'd do anything for my children. They're mine. God chose them for me. Ultimately, they belong to Him. But I can't imagine what would be in the heart of a child knowing that somebody didn't have to choose me. But they chose me anyway. God the Father didn't have to choose me, but he chose me anyway. God the Father didn't have to choose you, but he chose you anyway. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've never trusted Christ. He'll choose you too. If you allow the spirit, same spirit of God that's working in your heart this very moment, if you'll 
put your faith and trust in Christ. This morning, let's be reminded of our, we can go to the Lord in prayer. Why? Because he's our heavenly father. Are you holding his name in the reverence that it should be? Are you obeying your father like you should? Are you depending on him as you should? Maybe this morning, this is a reminder that we need to move some priorities in our life. It's just some things that are above God. Let's rearrange them where they should be, and we're going to depend on God. Do you need to grant forgiveness to someone this morning? Do you need his guidance? We do. And may we do all these things and be reminded all bring glory. There's an acknowledgement. It's all his. It's all his anyway. Father, I pray this morning that you'd use this scripture, this message to 